Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to class. Uh, welcome to uh, semester four. This will be session two. Uh, session two, we're going to be going into um, the holiness of marriage. Um, this uh, semester, um, as we talk about this one, this is going to be very, very important for you to take note of. Uh, and for those who are listening to this, um, take note of this because as we discuss it, we're not just saying it just as a word. Um, and, and I want to really describe this. When we say the holiness of marriage, that means um, what God intended for it to bring. See, it, it, God wants something out of it. Okay, so, so it's not just for one thing or the other, but it is something that God desires to see something out of the marriage. And so that's what we're really going to be talking about. So if you have your booklets, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, so this will be session two. Um, and again, as we talked about last week um, in session one um, and even part two of session one, uh, we talked about the importance of the vow being protected and covered and how God sees that and views that um, in the art of understanding that if anything goes outside of that bound, it, it, it's wrong and it should not be. And so here in session two uh, today, we're going to be talking about the importance of keeping it in the marriage. That's what I'm saying. So, so what we're really going to be talking about is now that you are keeping it in the marriage and you guys are staying together, what does God require out of the marriage itself? And so we're going to get into that. So if you have your booklets, um, let's go for it. Um, so to, to start off, uh, God's standard is for everybody to keep the marriage bed pure. Okay, that, that's, that's just a normal standard for God, is that if you're married, keep it pure. Okay, K keep it where there's nobody getting involved in your marriage, whether sexually or even emotionally, because emotional, um, emotional attachment is the same thing as having sex with that individual, okay? And and Jesus sees it that way. That, that's why the Bible says, if any man lusts, and even that terminology, man, he's not saying it as in just male. He's talking about females as well. So women are included in that. Because again, there are certain terminologies where man is used singly, and there's uh, situations in both Old and New Testament where the term male is used plural, meaning humanity itself. And so when Christ is speaking this, he's using it in plural term. So he says, if a man looks uh, at lustfully, he says, you have committed the sin already. See, So what he's really saying is lust has to do emotional. You're not doing the act, but in your mind you are. And he says, you've already committed adultery already. So, so across the board, God says, keep it in the marriage. Don't go outside of that, whether in your mind or anything else, or even naturally. Keep it in the marriage it, where your marriage is pure. And so, so that is the basic thing. That's the basic line that God has for marriage is that it, it, the marriage bed has to stay just you and your spouse, just you and your husband, you and your wife. And that is it. Um, and why is that? And there's the two reasons. Why? Number one is inward purity. And number two, outward purity. Okay. So if you're taking a note, this is very important. 
inward purity means that's that's going on in our hearts. What's going on in your heart? Inward purity. Okay, the things we choose to think about uh, and the things we feel in our emotions and how we perceive love. Okay, so um, so that has to do again. That's in the area of lust. That's in the area of the eye gate, the ear gate, what you're hearing, uh, what you're seeing, and all of that. That's the inward purity. So if I'm looking with pure eyes, then I'm not defiled. See, if I'm hearing with pure ears, I'm not defiled. But the moment I start seeing and hearing in th things that are impure, namely, um, you know, again, uh, emotional attachments, pornography, um, you know, being soul tied with someone uh, that is not your wife or your or your husband. All these different things can bring in what we call impurities inwardly. And nothing physically may be going on, but inwardly and emotionally, you are now becoming detached from your spouse because you are emotionally um, doing that and you're allowing sin into your life. And so there's the inward purity. What are you thinking about? How, where is your mind at in your marriage? And then you have the outward purity. Outward purity is, is our behavior towards our spouse or physically towards other people. Okay, the things we choose to do and choose not to do towards others in our lives with our bodies. See, and this is why it's important to understand where Paul comes from in Romans 12, where he says, present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pure before God. He says, this is your worship. See? So it's the same thing. As we offer our bodies to God, we also offer our bodies in marriage to our spouse. Therefore, it's no longer just our bodies. It's in covenant. We're one flesh. So if I go out and physically have sex with someone, I've now defiled both my body and my marriage because I'm, I'm one with my spouse. See? And so it's the outward purity that matters. So there's inward stuff, what's going on in your brain, and then there's outward purity. What are you doing with your body? What are you doing with your physical appearance in your marriage? Why is that? Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul writes, but among you there must not be any, uh, even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity um, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people, Ephesians 5.3. Uh, emphasis on, on mine, okay? Um, this, this means nobody should be able to see anything in or, uh, in or around your behavior that could give the impression um, we're, we're engaging in anything immoral or impure. And that's important. Why would, uh, why would even just a little be, uh, be taken into an effect? Because that's what happens. It happens little by little in a marriage. That's what kills the marriage. It's little by little. The little things that you say, the little things that you do, the little things that you think on can bring a dramatic change in the marriage or the relationship. And so it's important to keep it pure. So you, you don't want any amount of poison in your marriage or relationships. Keep it pure. Now, what does God's word have to say on that? Which brings us to our first point. God's word on this is these. 
Um, number one, um, how God views sexuality, which is found in 1 Corinthians 6.18. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. See that? It, there's a difference. And so how God views this area of sexuality is, is both in your mind and in your physical. He says, what you're doing can be what? Um, it's either outside the body, but there's also things within. And so he says, other sins uh, a person commits, it's outside. It's outside of you. It has nothing to do with your mindset. It has nothing to do with anything. Um, but he says, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. You are, you are placing your physical body as well as your mindset into that sin. And so he says, that's, that's the difference. That's how God views it. Um, and so that's very important. So number one, it's how God views sexuality. Number two, um, what God requires of us in the marriage, okay, which is in First Thessalonians, um, and and in the marriage as well as individual life. See, uh, as Christians, this is what He requires of us. Um, so there is something that God requires, and this is found in First uh, Thessalonians four, three through five. And this is for this is the will of God. So this is what God wants. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. To be sanctified means to be set apart for God's use. This is God. This is the will of God for your life, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control. That word control is very important. To control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know the will of God. That is important. As Christians, we should know the will of God. See, and this is why I even will will say this to you as ministers and th those being trained as ministers uh, who are listening. Um, you have to understand that when we talk to those who are living in sin, especially outside the church, and they don't know God, we cannot hold them to this standard because they are they, they are outside. They don't know the will of God. But for those who know the will of God, he's speaking to the to the church in Thessalonica. And so he's he's speaking to the church and he says, You should know this. See? So so honor God with your body. Why? It's because you know the will of God. And it's to be separate from these things. And to and to have control over yourself. So I want to bring us back to this point before we continue. Self-control is important, both for men and for women. If you cannot have self-control, then, then there needs to be an issue where you find yourself putting in a position of getting delivered. Okay, there, that means there needs to be some deliverance had in your life where God breaks you free from some form of spiritual bondage, either in your family, a choice that you made a long time ago before you got saved and never really repented of. There needs to be some deep cleansing and healing because Self-control should be always in the in the body of Christ and in the life of a believer. It's a part of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, is to have self-control. And so when that is no longer the case, then there has to be something that has to shift and change where that is broken and self-control is put in place. Because it's important for the, co the cohabitation of sanctification. 
There has to be sanctification and self-control. So God is setting you apart for his use, but you have to choose to maintain that. See, that's why both of them are, are said in the same sentence. He says, the will of God for your life is sanctification, but you have to do what? But each person has to have self-control over his own body. So yes, you can say all day that God is sanctifying you, but if you don't have self-control, it's null and void. So both have to be in effect. God is choosing you and calling you, but you have to separate yourself with self-control. So that's important. So in your marriage and in your relationships, self-control is necessary. And then lastly, uh, number three, um, is, um, is how God views your heart in regards to temptation. Okay? Um, which is very important. And this is found in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. This is how God views your heart. If, if a temptation is in front of you, you're not the first person to look. See? So how you handle that temptation is up to you. Why? It's because you're not the first person that's gone through it. Everyone gets tempted with either the same thing or one or the other. And so, so temptation, it, it's not overtaken you. You're not the first one. And so God really looks at your heart and how you view your temptation. No temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it and finish. See? So there's always victory at the end of it, but what God is looking at is your heart. Where's your heart in this area? So if you're being tempted to cheat on your wife, or you're being tempted to cheat on your husband, where's your heart in the temptation? You're not the first lady to go through that. You're not the first man to go through that. So situate your heart, see, and, and, and anchor yourself um, in your relationship with God. And in that, the Bible says he's faithful to give you a way out. He's faithful to, to give you such a boldness to say no and go the opposite direction. So that's important. So that's what God says about this area of keeping your marriage pure and holy. And then lastly, Hebrews 13, 4, Psalm 119, verse 37, and Matthew 5, uh, 28. Those are scriptures. I will not read it, but those would be your homework. Um, all of those scriptures refer to the same as, as it being a choice. You have to choose purity. It's not just thrown at you. You have to choose and walk in that for your life. Which brings us to our last and final point. Um, uh, there has to be both strategy and purpose. Okay? Our, our response, our purpose of response is this. Is it worth it? Number one. It, is it worth it? Is it worth um, it? Consider the Apostle Paul's warning about these dangers. Flee, he says, from sexual immorality. All others, uh, all other sins uh, a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins in this way sins against the body, uh, which is 1 Corinthians six eighteen. We just read that. Um, or consider this from the from another guy who 
was great at making a point, Jesus himself. He says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hellfire, which is Matthew 5, 29 to 30. So you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth for me to go down this road of, of committing this act? Or do I really care for my family enough that I choose rightly and not go that way? See, that, that's what needs to be taken into value. Do you value your marriage? Do you, do you value your relationship? And if you do, then you will not bring anything into that relationship that will harm it. See, And if you do, then guess what? Is it worth it? Is that one moment of pleasure, is that one moment of doing wrong worth you losing your family and your relationship? That's what you have to consider. And as you think about it, consider this. Jesus is saying we need to deal severely with anything that can cause us to do wrong and to sin. That's what he means by gouging out an eye. Okay, Jesus never encouraged bodily harm to oneself. But he is speaking in a parable, and he says, if something is causing you to sin, be severe against it. See, the same severity of gouging something out is the same severity of saying, I don't want this in my life. So cut it off from you. That's what Jesus is saying. Okay, we need to stay far away from it. We should flee from it. Even better, don't even get close to it in the, in the first place. Uh, it's a... Uh, radioactive poison that blinds your vision and judgment. So stay away from it. So, truthfully, uh, truth is no matter uh, truth is no matter how long we remain faithfully married, maintaining purity will always be a challenge because we're human. So our response is to allow Holy Spirit to search our hearts because we may be tempted to justify our sin. I'm just taking care of my needs uh, since she's not. That's an argument that a lot of people make. Um, but God wants me to be happy. Okay, the, the joy that God wants you to fulfill in your marriage is, is purity. Okay, And so when you start making yourself more and more lacking in that area, it opens the door for other things. So go back to the root of joy. Go back to the root of the fact that God has placed you in that relationship for a reason. And no matter the hardness or the hardships of that relationship, commit yourself to it and stick it out. But that only is going to cause um, you to look more deeper into your own heart. That choice is hard, but doable. And then lastly, as we close this session, strategy. It, it takes strategy to keep the family together. And this family structure, as we've been talking about it, even in session one, God created the system. It's a very mysterious, but yet very profound system of family and the structure of how he wants it to be run. So it's important to understand the strategy of God and get that wisdom from him. So purity is a strategy, okay? The only strategy that ultimately works is honesty, okay? The, 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 the strategy behind purity is honesty. 
transparency, accountability, confession, and forgiveness. Uh, dealing with temptation and with our failures as they happen is the only way to prevent ourselves from sinking deeper and deeper into the pit of despair. That's important. And then, of course, we have the follow-up scriptures, which is Romans 6, 11 through 14, and Colossians 3 and 5. So as we close this session, um, I want to leave you with this, um, this, this phrase, and I hope that it blesses you. The, the value of marriage and the holiness of marriage and what God wants out of it is, is again, quite a mystery, but I believe it is doable because when you look at your relationship with the Holy Spirit, as we have talked about for quite a few sessions uh, in our last course uh, on the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, then we begin to really understand the importance of our relationship with God and the fact that this is why the Holy Spirit is sent to us, to aid us in these areas of difficulty and to give us wisdom and direction. So for those who are married and even for those who are single that are listening um, and who are going through this course, understand that your relationship with God is vital to the connectivity of all your relationships. Whether you're single, whether you're married, doesn't matter, across the board, it brings unity. He brings unity. And if you focus on that, then God will give you wisdom in how to deal with your relationships when such things as uh, sin or temptation arises. He will give you a way of escape. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you in the next course. God bless.